Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the show here. And thank you very much for joining me. We've got uh, a bunch of news to cover again on this uh, Thursday episode of Let It Grow Investing. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild market out there, but uh, things are looking like they're holding up pretty good uh, as far as like the S&P staying at that 4,100 level. We really haven't had a major breakdown. And uh, I'm definitely watching these things. It's uh, it's definitely something that a lot of people are very polarized about. And uh you know, for good reason. Some people think it's a a bear market rally. Some people think it is the start of a new bull market. And uh, there's a lot of different news out there that really kind of contradicts uh, a lot of the different general rule of thumb kind of uh, guidelines that we normally look at when we uh, are talking about the market. So uh, we're going to cover a lot of that today. We're going to cover what's going on with Microsoft and Google, Baidu, Alibaba, there's a lot of different uh, news there in the AI space, in the the race for AI. And uh, ultimately, I think a couple people can win. So let's, uh, I guess we'll first get into that Google news, uh, Google Microsoft battle here. We've got uh, Microsoft uh, having a uh, an unveiling, if you will, of what's going on with their uh, their platform and what they're looking to launch with the chat GPT embedded into Bing search. And uh, it looks like they are really coming after uh, Google. They said, hey, you know, search is 20 years old and uh, it's the same experience. We are taking the next step forward. And ultimately, we're going to leave you in the dust if you uh, don't catch up. So they also said that, uh, you know, 1% of market share in uh, here it is. Every one point of market share gain in search, uh, the ad market will lead to another $2 billion in revenue. So uh, Microsoft's really going after this search market. And, uh, you know, I said a few weeks back that, you know, Bing was kind of a joke and it has been. It's, uh, you know, kind of like the Microsoft Zune. If you remember that one in response to the iPod, um, man, that thing uh, flops uh, uh, terribly. But anyhow, uh, so Microsoft is coming after this. And I think that they actually have something that is going to draw some people at least over to Microsoft Bing in order to check this out. And, uh, you know, Google is really on their heels trying to get this uh, Apprentice Bard um, project out there. They're trying to get it right into their homepage on Google. And ultimately, I think we're going to see that happen uh, fairly quickly. They're uh, saying that the generative AI will be integrated within search results soon. Uh, That was at their parents' conference. And they just announced that they are launching, this is Google, Uh, just announced that they are launching new map features specifically for EVs, including uh, using AI to suggest the best charging stops in uh, Google Maps. Um, And they're launching an AI-backed immersive views for maps in several cities. Uh, So a lot of different things that are going on there. There is a big battle heating up between some of these tech giants. And uh, again, I think that a lot of them can win and uh, they, they probably will split market share. So maybe Google has uh, the, the lock on maps, uh, at least for a while. I know, 
you know, for me, uh, being an Android user, I'm, I'm more favor uh, Google devices. But, um, you know, Apple kind of, it was a lag on uh, Apple Maps for a long time there. And people still wanted Google Maps. They couldn't get it. And then ultimately, the uh, the apps or the maps on iPhone and everything kind of uh, got better over time. I think you can use them on Google or the use of Google on Apple devices. I'm not sure about that, but I'm pretty certain that's the case anymore. But um, yeah, so where are we going with this? Anyhow, all these stocks had been so sold off over the past year, and maybe not Apple, but uh, definitely Meta, definitely Google, um, you know, Amazon, when we're talking about all these big names. So they have rallied now in January, you know, February, we're kind of trading sideways, we're trying to find a direction here. And ultimately, um, you know, I was a heavy buyer of these stocks when they were getting beat down. Um, you know, so I've even said last episode that, you know, I'm not really looking to buy these now. I still think that some of them are undervalued. I'm still thinking Google's undervalued. Uh, I don't know the exact PE on that one right now, but, uh, even meta, you know, the, uh, the PE on meta is still under its traditional PE, uh, metric. So yeah, meta's at a 22.3 as I'm looking at it right now. But, uh, you know, this one has come up over a hundred percent in the course of you know, really over the course of a month and a half. And that is a massive move. But now you're still looking at a undervalued traditional historic PE on a name like Meta. Uh, I believe it's still under on Google. Now, does that mean I'm rushing out to buy these at this point? Uh, no, I'm not. But I do want to say that the S&P, the 500 is actually overvalued compared to where it normally trades at a uh, when the rates are above three percent, uh, so there's a, a lot of different things to take in out there. You know, if you're buying the S and P, it could be overvalued for the backdrop as to what's going on out there. But there are stocks that are undervalued. Now, I don't want to lump them all into one. I don't normally buy uh, ETFs. Um, it's not normally my thing. I normally look at the single stock exposure. So when you're looking at these and they're undervalued. You know, there's a lot of things to take into account there. Uh, over the past year in 22, you know, starting the year, the earnings were looking great. You know, we were coming off of uh, you couldn't get everything. People had way too much money. They'd pay whatever they could to get the devices that they wanted. Um, and then that kind of slowed down. It kind of changed. We had uh, all this talk of inflation fears. Uh, the guidance came down. And some of these uh, these numbers kind of just got eroded away, even though the numbers uh, for Earnings looked okay in a lot of situations. The projections that were out there, you know, the, the market is a forward-looking animal. That's just what it does. And, uh, you know, if we're looking forward and we're seeing that, uh, you know, these rates are going to be going up, that's what the Fed was saying, the stocks are going to start coming down. And as we know, the gross stocks were going to get hit the hardest because they need capital and that capital is getting more expensive. So if they had more cash on the balance sheet and they were in better shape, they tended to not get beat down as bad. But in the case of Meta, yes, they're a growth company. Yes, they're a tech company. So they did trade down on a lot of that. But they also were taking a lot of big risks at perceivably the wrong time, right? They they kind of didn't have that, uh, that vision as to where they were going, or maybe they did. And they knew they wanted to be the Meta company and wanted to go into the metaverse. But did that ultimately mean that that was a good play at that time? A lot of people think, no, they were spending way too much money. 
ultimately, you know, they decided that uh, they're still going to be the meta company, but they want to focus on their core business and, uh, you know, spend less on that metaverse play, ultimately buy back some stock, uh, which, you know, sent this stock up, you know, massively over the course of that, uh, the last month and a half. So I guess my point here is there's always a stock that is going to be undervalued. And um, these large cap tech stocks or even just tech stocks in general had that massive run in 21, uh, early 22, and then really just fell off. So a lot of people ran into stocks, uh, you know, the consumer staple stocks, a lot of the food names and uh, beverage names. And those those stocks that are old, old guard, tried and true type names. And now those stocks are the ones that have the PEs that are higher than where they normally are. Um, that is bringing the S&P 500 up. So I do think they're safer, but at the same time, they could still have that PE uh, multiple correction come down to where they normally trade at. And you still have some compression there, uh, meaning that the stock price is going to come down. Uh, so I want to be really particular in this market. I, I have said before that I would like to build up my dividend income. That has not changed. But I do want to point out that there is a point where you don't want to just be bl buy, uh, blindly buying uh, an index when uh, things don't look that great. And ultimately, we think that we're going into a, uh, a worse situation economically. So I guess really take into account uh, what you're buying where the valuation is and understand that things are going to ebb and flow. Uh, and if you want to continually buy, you know, weekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever works for you, uh, I'm definitely a supporter of that plan. And, uh, you know, I was looking at the S&P over the past um, 20 years or so. And when I was looking at that, I'm just taking a look at SPX, which is the index that you can follow. Uh, so now when I went back to uh, I mean, this is kind of at a peak in 2000. The S&P was at 1348 on January 17th of 2000. So now, um, you know, fast forward, we're at 4,134. We are still hanging above that critical 4,100 level. It has tried to push this level a couple times. It did get, I think I saw 4,092. I'm on the, the five day. I might be off by that. Um, I haven't been, you know, glued to it every day. Um, yeah, I seen 4,098 yesterday. And, uh, ultimately I, I really think that this is pretty critical of, sorry about that, of really what we're watching in the market. Is this a, uh, a bear market rally or a, um, you know, the start of a bull market. And if this can hold this level, I'm, I'm pretty bullish that, you know, things will start taking off. Um, you know, we might have a couple of these cycles where it does come dropping back down to this level, but, uh, I think if we can build more support at this level and over the past few days, it's tried to hit this 4,100 level and bounced higher. Uh, so that is a bullish sign for me, but also remember that it is a, the market is a forward looking beast. So we're also hearing from the fed that yes, we all could have more, uh, rate hikes. We could have more problems, but we're talking disinflation. We're talking transitory again. So there is hope out there from the Fed. And ultimately, we think that the future and these rates are going to stabilize and come down. So the, the market generally is looking at that. They're also looking at the fact that things were so bad in uh, 22 
remind you the the QQQ came down about uh, or the Nasdaq came down about 31%. So all these big tech stocks had this massive sell off and these are the stocks that are leading the way right now. Now, is that going to, you know, massively change or improve? Uh, I can't call that one. Uh, I'm already in these names. I, I'll stay in these names, but uh, I can't tell you whether they're going to be the ones that are leading the way for 23 or beyond. Uh, I know that I have a position in them. And uh, I mean, I would say for, for most people, it's probably smart to have a position in some tech names, but uh, you can certainly diversify the way that you want to go. Just know that uh, the S&P is trading higher than where it normally trades with the backdrop that we're seeing right now. But that is not all stocks, right? We still got uh, these, these different names that uh, are undervalued, in my opinion, and uh, could be a good buy, could be a, a, you know, a nice time to buy something like Google, in my opinion. And um, knowing that uh, Google's got another uh, project coming out and they're trading down today on the fact that Microsoft is really trading up on some of this news that I just uh, kind of went through with the uh, chat GPT and the the Google AI. Um, yeah, I mean, Microsoft's up about uh, about 1% and Google is down, uh, where are we at? Down about 7.6%. Uh, now that is uh, a massive down day in the, uh, the name uh, of Google. And for me, that was a buy opportunity. I don't think that this is gonna last. I think we're gonna see them release a, a similar product and um, you know start to really regain some ground here. So even if uh, Microsoft does take some of that market share on search, I still think that Google has a massive advantage in uh, a lot of the different advertising and um, as, as well as the maps and the different products that they have coming out. So um, I think that it's undervalued right now. That's just me. That you guys can form your own opinion on that one. So I did buy a little bit of Google. I haven't been doing too much buying. Um, what else do we got? I'll take a look at what I did buy um, this week. It hasn't been too much. Oh, I did want to announce uh, that that end phase uh, had a very good quarter. Uh, for what I saw, they traded up very heavily pre-market and then basically fell on their face today. But um, I'm still thinking that long term, this is going to be a solid stock to buy. So I did buy a little bit of CrowdStrike, Google, Amazon. Um, I think that's about it for this week. Um, so, and yeah, I think that's about it. I bought some Enphase, Blackstone last week and uh, some more Google last week. But uh, that's about it there. Still uh, really watching what these individual names are doing though. And uh, like I said, some of them probably aren't screaming buys, in my opinion. Some of the dividend names um, that have really had a lot of money flow into them, into them over the past year could start trading back into that uh, that normal PE range for them. Uh, but you know, a lot of them being in uh, the right place at the right time, getting into those uh, different industries that are growing and are really waiting for things to kind of, you know, get back to that normal, get back to where we were. Uh, I think that some of them are really set up to, to grow more so from a lot of the things that are going on right now, some of the acquisitions that have been made. And uh, I'm not opposed to buying some of them as well. So with all that being said, uh, I guess for me, I'm still looking at single stocks that are undervalued and uh, want to buy some of these dividend names that uh, ultimately can can really have some some room to move up here. 
Um, oh, I did buy uh, Arbor Realty last week too, and that one is a, a heavy dividend pay, payer as well as Blackstone. Um, just looking at it real quick, Arbor Realty is ABR, uh, 10.5% on that one. So it did add uh, a couple shares to that position. And Blackstone, uh, we were watching this one back in the uh, the $70 range. And now it is up at 95. So that one is trading at 4.5% of a dividend yield. But uh, end phase, let's get over to that one real quick before I head to break here. And yeah, we are trading down 5.5%. But on the day, um, we opened around, I can't even pull it up. It's pre-market. It's, it, I believe it was around that 240, 245 mark and then just kind of fell off. And I'm not too sure why even, uh, on the 7:58 AM from market watch says end phase rallied 8% after earnings blow past expectations and, uh, guidance. What does this article say? Guidance was, uh, looks like guidance was solid. We had, um, after the maker of inverters for solar power systems reported fourth quarter earnings that topped Wall Street views and upped its guidance for the current quarter. Yeah. So they did up their guidance. They had a good quarter uh, and they have gained about 63% in the past 12 months. So this one is still one that I I would like to buy some more down here that it's trading down. I'm not I'm not too sure why this one is, is doing that. I'll, I'll probably do a little bit more research before I buy any more. But uh Again, this is one that I was trading out of in the 330 range. I did get back in uh, last week. And now that it's uh, falling on good news, and I, I really think it already did a lot of the falling, I don't really understand why people are running out of this one. But uh, I will take a look at that and decide if I want to go ahead and buy some more of this one. But uh, with that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. We are going to come back. We're going to talk uh, the investing challenge. And we are on week seven already, and uh, we'll see what we bought this past week. We'll see what uh, we might be buying next week and uh, some different options going forward. So stick around. I'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the podcast. And uh, if you have not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do so now so that you do not miss any uh, future updates from me. You can also follow us over there on Facebook at Let It Grow Investing. And uh, if you need help getting started, I do have links in the description to uh, get you going on a, a brokerage or trading or retirement account. Uh, I've got links for uh, E-Trade, which is where I do the majority of my investing. Uh, also, Crypto.com, uh, Webull, and uh, Binance. When Webull is where we are doing the Let It Grow Investing Challenge, uh, where I'm putting in $200 every Monday. And uh, based on the results of a poll that I put out to the group on uh, the Facebook group. So go ahead, get over there, get involved, get your votes in and, uh, you know, stay up to date because I'm putting a new one out every uh, pre pretty much every Sunday or Monday uh, for that uh, coming week. So uh, with that being said, the Weeble uh, group or the Weeble account, they're doing a great sale right now. If you put in as little as a dollar. Uh, to start a new account, you get 12 fractional shares worth up to $30,600. And uh, it's not a scam. They're just trying to build more uh, clients. So they do that by giving away these fractional shares. And uh, you will get random selected shares. And uh, you will you see the 30600 Probably not. But uh, when I signed up, I did get uh, like Zynga. I think I got a couple oil stocks. I think I got Chesapeake Energy. Uh, so I did get about uh, $40 worth of stocks for free. So that is definitely nice. It is not a scam. It is legit. 
And that's where I do the trading for the investing challenge because I wanted to start an account over there that uh, was not linked to my uh, my personal accounts uh, just for the show. So uh, with that being said, get over there, get uh, use my link, get your free shares. I get uh, a free share as well for you starting an account. So I definitely appreciate that. And uh, yeah, back at it. Uh, we've got uh, some news coming out of the White House, right? Uh, Biden is looking to uh, possibly raise the buyback tax. The 1% tax isn't working. Uh, so what's he going to do? He wants to quadruple it. He wants to make it 4%. And ultimately, I think that is bringing some stocks down today. You know, the, the stocks that have announced that they wanted to do more in the way of buybacks, think Exxon, Chevron, Meta. Uh, you know, Meta just came out with that $40 billion buyback plan. And uh, ultimately, you know, they are down about three and a quarter percent today on, uh, I'm guessing, a little bit of this news, a little bit of uh, um, maybe some fear in the market. But um, this is certainly not helping. So um, definitely take that into account when you are seeing these companies that want to do more buybacks. We are seeing the, the increased um, need or push for uh, cutting or... or uh, in increasing that tax on these buybacks. Chevron's also down 2.14%. And Exxon, where are we at on Exxon? We've got uh, them down at only about uh, three-tenths of a percent. So they are faring pretty well. Uh, that PE is at 8.6. <clears throat> You're still getting about a 3.17% dividend on Exxon. And uh, you're also being able to buy at a, a relatively low PE. I'm not sure of their actual historic PE. So you might want to look that one up before you go ahead and do anything. But um, yeah, so that is something that is certainly uh, noteworthy. We're, we're waiting to hear what's going to happen with that. But uh, at the same time, we are also hearing of two new ETFs that are out there. And uh, I did navigate away from the page, but uh, it's basically uh, two holdings that are one is based on what the Democrats are buying or the Democrats and their spouses are buying. And then one is based on what the Republicans and their spouses are buying. So uh, the first one is going to be, and this is the Democratic one, is uh, called NANC or Nancy. I'm guessing Nancy Pelosi kind of tie in there. Unusual Whales Subversive Democratic Trading ETF. Uh, so, and... I had this pulled up. You would think I have it still, but uh, I do not. And uh, that was the the actual names that are in these portfolios. So we're going to take a look here. And they do have a lot of similarities in the the, the two here. But um, let's take a look. Let's see if we can find it on Seeking Alpha. And where are we? We've got... Um, that one is not going to pull it up for me. I know that uh, there was a lot of uh, the big tech names and I'm going over right to subver subversive ETFs and trying to see if I can't find this portfolio. I tried to find it on E-Trade. It is not uh, there yet. And ultimately, uh, here we go. Top 10 holdings. Uh, first one, this is the Democratic one, right? Microsoft, seven and a half percent of assets, Amazon, Alphabet, Apple, Salesforce, NVIDIA, Walt Disney, CrowdStrike, Philip Morris, uh, UPS. So that's the top ten. So definitely tech heavy. We do have uh, you know some some dividend stocks in there in the names of uh, Philip Morris, UPS. Uh, yeah, I mean Nvidia, Apple pay a dividend, not anything really noteworthy, but uh, they are there. So now when we do go over to the other one, which is uh, Cruise, it is called K R U Z. Now that, I guess it could be a Ted Cruz reference. I'm, that's the only way I can take it. 
uh, when I go over to this one here, now what do we got in this one? Uh, cruise back down. I didn't even mean to do that. Go back down the uh, subversive ETF list here and uh, top 10 holdings. All right. Uh, first one. And now these are actually a lot smaller of a percentage. So the first one on the Democratic one was seven and a half percent. Now, the first one here is only three point one for three point four one percent of this uh, portfolio. And that name is Magellan Midstream Partners. And that is going to be an oil and gas play. And that is going to be a higher uh, dividend name there. But uh, number two is going to be Microsoft. Number three, Energy Transfer ET, uh, Dow. Uh, they are carrying a fair amount of cash. That is 1.76 of this fund. Uh, Philip, Morris, Philip Morris, United Therapeutics, uh, local company here. Shout out to you guys. Uh, I know some of you. Uh, Shell, we've got Las Vegas Sands, Accenture uh, of Ireland. Uh, so yeah, there's a, a, a different mix here, but you do get some of the same tech names. You'd still get Philip Morris in both funds. Um, but the Republican names are definitely a lot more on that oil. You know, I guess we got Magellan, Energy Transfer, uh, Shell, uh, three of them in that top 10. So that is definitely a, a difference there. But um, I did want to point out that they are making these ETFs that are basically following what these, uh, uh, you know, political figures and their families are doing in order to kind of give you a little bit of insight. Well, this is what they're doing. Maybe there's a reason why they are getting into these names. Maybe there's uh, legislation or anything else that's happening behind the scenes that maybe they shouldn't be buying these individual names. But uh, ultimately, someone went ahead and made an ETF to track what these uh, individuals are doing and hopefully try to uh, you know take some, um, some of that risk or that, that priviness that uh, these uh, political figures have off the table and kind of make it open to everyone. So when they buy it, uh, ultimately it goes into this ETF. So you want to be, um, you know, tied to either political party and what they're investing in, you can do so through these two different ETFs. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Let me know your thoughts, uh, you know, in a comment or in the group and, uh, let me know if you'd be interested in buying any of those, uh, those funds. But, uh, yeah, so back over to the investing challenge. Um, let's go ahead and take a look at what we bought for week six. Now we did go ahead and buy spy G on Monday. And that one is a name that, uh, I mentioned that I was buying for my kids portfolio. That's where, uh, some of their investment dollars are going. That's a, a lot of what I've been buying right now, uh, for them. And uh, it's going to be your S&P 500, but it is going to focus a little bit more heavily on the growth name. So when you're looking at that portfolio, um, yeah, it's similar to actually that Democratic portfolio, Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, NVIDIA, Exxon, United Health, Tesla, Amazon, Visa. So you're getting a lot of these high growth names, not as much on the dividends, but uh, it's a place where I thought you're going to get some safety from some large cap names. And uh, ultimately set you up for some some long term growth. That uh, was ultimately my plan here. So thank you guys for voting. And uh, I did go ahead and buy that one on Weeble on Monday. And as I said, you can buy fractional shares, so it's easy to buy uh, two hundred dollars worth and uh, just buy exactly what you want, rather than having to buy one full share uh, like you do on a lot of different brokerages. So um, that's why I wanted to use Weeble for this account. And uh, yeah, now for week seven, what do we got? We've got uh, five different names. That's what I've been kind of sticking with. And some of them, 
like I said in the first part of the show, some of them might be overvalued. But there is a theme here that I'm looking at where uh, I think that we can get some stability out of some of these names. So the first one was Eli Lilly. And they've been coming out with a lot of blockbuster drugs and really doing some great things in uh, some different markets that are uh, kind of near and dear to my heart, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, things like that. So um, I really want to see them do great things in those markets. Uh, the the PE is getting stretched a little bit now, but uh, it's at a 49 currently on E-Trade. But uh, you do get a dividend, and uh, I do believe it still has a, a buy rating from a lot of different uh, analysts out here. So still has about 18.8% of upside uh, going forward. And uh, since the beginning of February, we've got, uh, it looks like on the first page here, four buy ratings, uh, price targets with 400s behind them, uh, 408, 455, 410, 400, one hold rating at 360 from Wells Fargo. But uh, eh, I, I, I more think that they have more upside to go. So 18%. Uh, according to the analysts, there's been 15 that set this price uh, target on Eli Lilly. So again, uh, if there is a recession, I still think people are going to need their their medicines, their medications, and uh, Eli Lilly is still looking to grow and they have a strong pipeline of new drugs to come. So I still think that this could be a good pick for long-term growth. And uh, if you do get over there to let it grow investing and vote for this one. Uh, now, number two, we've got uh, General Dynamics. Now, they did report, I uh, believe it was last week, they had a good report, um, and they also had a, a deal from the U.S. Army for $482 million. It says it's a hybrid contract. I think it was on their tanks, um, the Abrams tanks that they are going to be buying, and uh, ultimately, I think that you know with all the uncertainty in in the world, uh, Ukraine, North Korea, Russia, all, all these different problems, uh, Chinese spy balloons, all everything that's out there. I think that the defense contracts are going to be uh, renewed and defense spending is going to be increased. I know that wasn't uh, you know something that everyone thought, but then we have more and more problems kind of popping up. And I, I think this defense spending is going to be necessity and it's going to keep on going. So we've got a, a backlog of uh, production that they have here. And also they're getting more in the way of contracts. And the, the PE doesn't look too stretched. You're getting a 2.17% uh, dividend on this one. And where are we on the upside? We've got about 19.15% of upside for an average price target of 274. Currently we're at 230. So definitely one that I think we can get behind. The PE is not too stretched, and um, I think we got a bright future in front of them. So now number three, uh, I believe this one is a dividend aristocrat, meaning that they have increased that dividend for uh, at least 25 years, I think is the, the qualification for an aristocrat. And that name is Archer Daniels Midland. And they are a uh, grain and uh, agriculture type company. And one that I think we really need more of right now, especially as, you know, we turn more farmland into neighborhoods and we generally have more people living on less food. Uh, so currently it's at a 10.6 uh, PE ratio. We've got a quarterly dividend of 2.19%. And uh, I believe we had a buy rating on this one as well. 
uh, yeah, we've got 27% of upside on a great company. So I'm definitely thinking that Archer Daniels Midland could be one that you're really looking at for some safety. Uh, you got that low PE, it's backed with the dividend, and uh, there's there's a lot of demand out there. That's not slowing down. Uh, we've seen it in the, the inflation in food, both at home and out. Uh, if you're going out to dinner, we've seen those prices go up. And uh, ultimately, I think that, um, you know, hopefully these, these farmers are getting some of that money too. That is definitely a, uh, a challenging job and uh, one that I don't think gets enough respect. So uh, shout out to them too. And um, yeah, so hopefully Archer Daniels Midland, if that one is picked, I'd be happy to buy this one at this price and uh, get that dividend and ultimately have a lot of uh, price appreciation possibility out there too. So um yeah, another name that, like I said, that uh, that PE is probably under where it should be, in my humble opinion. But uh, number four, and this one is actually in the lead right now, and that name is Verizon. Ticker is VZ. And when I'm looking at Verizon, this one, the PE is pretty cheap on this too. Yeah, we've got an eight times PE. We're getting a 6.4% dividend. The beta, very low at a 0.5%. Uh, and it has traded down over the past five days, which is rare when uh, one is in the lead. Normally it goes up for some reason. I'm not too sure why that happens, but normally uh, after I put it out there, it starts taking off. So this one is in the lead and it's actually going down, which means we're getting more value and more dividend uh, as the price drops. So analyst research, we had a buy rating and... Uh, we still, well, mixed here. We've got uh, a buy rating. We've got a, a handful of hold ratings on this one, though. Um, and But the upside here is about 14.7%. So couple that with the 6.4% dividend, we're over uh, 20, eh, call it 21%. And uh, I'm fine with that. That uh, that definitely works for me. So I don't think that we're getting out of our, uh, of our cell phones. I think that is going to be a long-term thing. Um, you know, you might be cutting the cord on cable, but, uh, I think you're still going to be paying for your internet. So they're kind of got us locked in one way or the other. And, uh, I think that cell phone business is going to continue to drive. Uh, so that's the five. Oh no, that's not the five. That's the four. Sorry. Oh, uh, the last one. Oh man. I talked about this last one. I, I didn't even really want to put it in, in here after I looked it up again, but, uh, we bought it last year at this time, and I said that I was going to try to incorporate those. So here we are talking Shopify. Oh, boy, Shopify. We, uh, we've we gotten just destroyed on this one. I think we bought it in the 93s this time last year and uh, dropped down to $23. And now we're sitting at $50, uh, 50 bucks even. Yeah, so we, uh, we've come up off the lows uh, 100% since October. But uh, ultimately, we are still down on this name in our Webull portfolio. And I'm just kind of increasing um, or adding to the, the portfolio from 22. And that is now just incorporating the stocks from 2023. So we could average down on this one. But um, I don't even know that I want to buy it. It's uh, The EPS is negative, which I think it has been. We've got uh, price target downside of 15%. Uh, we've got a sell rating from DZ Bank. We've got holds from Citigroup, Scotiabank, and Truist. And we do have one buy rating from Roth Capital at a price target of 56 bucks. But uh, at this point, at $50, I really don't know that I want to take the risk on Shopify. I said I'd do it for you guys, uh, but it's gotten no love. So uh, I'm definitely fine with that. So if this one does not get any votes this week, cool. I'm, uh, I'm definitely... 
uh, on board with that one. I, I definitely think I like uh, the other names substantially more. And uh, yeah, there, no doubt. I, I like the other names all more at this point. So they've all got more uh, in the way of upside. They've all got more on the way of dividends. They've all got positive earnings. And uh, besides Eli Lilly, I think a PE that really makes sense here. But I still like Eli Lilly for the drugs that they're coming up with, the pipeline that they have. So please get over to Let It Grow Investing. Get your votes in. I know these polls are ending shorter. That's just something that is on uh, the Facebook end. I can't change that. So please, once you see it, go ahead and get the votes in so we don't uh, run out of time on them. But uh, yeah, that's what I got for you guys today. So um, yeah, we've got Eli Lilly, General Dynamics, Archer Daniels Midland, Verizon, and Shopify. Get over to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook and get your votes in. And also make sure you use the link that I put up on Facebook to get your Webull portfolio started for as little as one buck. And you get 12 uh, fractional shares right off the jump, right when you complete your uh, uh, ID verification on that uh, account for you. So that's what I got. And uh, I guess I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell, and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on E-Trade, Binance, and Crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our Anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.